Welcome to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Whole new slate of topics coming at you this week. Mike Trout had a monstrous five home run series in Seattle last weekend. We finally got the first update on all-star game voting for the AL and the NL. We give our thoughts, break down every position, break down all of our thoughts on that, who should win, who's going to get snubbed, all that good stuff. We talk about which teams are hot right now, which teams are really slumping, and we try to decide if O'Neill Cruz is the next big superstar in the MLB. Let's get into it. Hello listeners, my name is Alex Jonitz, and I am joined as always by my co-host Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd, he was a total stud on his D3 college team, and this is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What's going on listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 66. Alex and I are coming to you live. It is Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. Alex, we'll kick off today's episode, of course, like we always do. Players of the week. They were actually announced today. For some reason, I thought they were always announced on Mondays, but they might have been uh, scheduled for today on Tuesday to be announced. But NL Player of the Week we'll cover first. It is Mr. Paul Goldschmidt. Mm -hmm. Alex, pretty much been one of the biggest uh, pieces in that Cardinals lineup. He right now probably is... Uh, you know, top three in MVP voting. We'll get into that later this episode when we talk about some NL shifts to the MVP voting right now. But Paul Goldschmidt, player of the week this week, six games. Alex, he had two doubles, three home runs, 10 RBIs. And of course, the percentage stats were crazy. An average of 423 with an on-base of 464, slugging of 846. He's north of a 1300 OPS this past week. So rightfully so he's been on a tear this entire season but this week really summed up what he's been able to do the last 60 to 70 ball games Alex thoughts on Paul Goldschmidt so far this week and throughout the season yeah he really has refused to let up I think he's one of these types of players where you're hitting so well at the start of the year you almost kind of assume at some point he's going to give up a bit right he, he can't be for, he can't be, you know, Superman, yeah, Superman for the entire season. But so far, he has really not let up. It seems like week after week, he's a contender for this kind of award. I just never stop seeing on Twitter like, oh, another home run. Oh, he had another home run. Oh, like, well, you know, ninth inning home run. Like this guy's just on another level right now. Um, you know, we'll talk about it later, but uh, we will get into some All Star talk later, and he is a big part of that discussion, of course, as well as the NLMVP discussion. So more to come on him, of course, later this episode, but. Uh, he's having a really special start to the season. Absolutely. He is. And, you know, even looking back at his years in Arizona, one of the most uh, under the radar, um, underappreciated players, I would say, honestly, in those early 2010s, um, as the decade went on, uh, not much of a, you know, household name, I would say. A, a lot of other players like Freeman, uh, Miguel Cabrera being better first basemen, even Prince Fielder, Alex, going back. But it's really funny that this season right now, possibly having the best season of his career and I really thought I wouldn't be able to say that because it just like looked like when he made the move from Arizona to St. Louis the numbers were slightly going downward we of course figured you know ballpark in Arizona is probably a lot better of a hitter's ballpark than it is in St. Louis but I mean just a rebound so far for the first 66 games of Paul Goldschmidt but we'll get later on for appreciation for him but we'll now transition to the AL player of the week Alex 
and it was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. having himself a very good week. Three home runs, seven RBIs. Uh, I think it was an OPS that was north of 1,200 so far on the uh, on the week. But any thoughts or give me a little bit more on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as this week went on. Yeah, so Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on the week was a 407 batting average, 500 on base, 778 slugging for a 1278 OPS. It was truly a monster week. Um, yeah, like you said, three homers and a double, 11 hits. Uh, really mashed the ball well. But Travis... There's another one. We are, at the end of the day, we're never going to shy away from giving love to our guy, right? Of course. And Mike Trout had, I think, one of the most special weekend series we've ever seen him have. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty, uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily head-scratching because Trout did have a worse OPS than Guerrero Jr. But we think that Trout really... Um, Ali should have been... Uh, I mean, we would have picked him, obviously. We're Definitely. probably a bit biased, but... I'll just break it down for you listeners, and you guys can decide. So, I was going to message you earlier and say, if Trout does not win this, I I don't know, again, what MLB is thinking or who's voting for this kind of stuff because, I mean, historic weekend, historic week. But get, um, take a deeper dive into the numbers with us. So cool, yeah. So the 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 batting average, the on base, is a significantly worse than Grow. He batted at uh, two sixty nine. On base was three sixty seven. But the slugging was much better at an 846, so it made for a 1213 OPS. Slightly worse, but had five home runs to Guerrero's three, seven hits on the week. Uh, and Travis, for those that don't know, the real historic kind of you know piece of this equation that happened was so first of all, there's kind of two steps to this. Angels played Seattle in five straight games. It was Thursday, Friday, two on Saturday, and Sunday. And so after the first four games of that series, Travis, uh, he became the first player in American League history to have three game-winning home runs. What does that mean? So in a four-game span, in just one weekend series, he hit three game-winning home runs, which means he put his team ahead with that home run, he got them the lead, and they never lost that lead. So it was really the, the swing of the bat that won the game, essentially. And... The craziest thing about that is he's the first AL player to ever do it in a weekend series three times. He did it again on Sunday. <laughs> so he did it four times on the weekend, and no one in MLB history has ever done that in a weekend series, hit four game-winning home runs. Actually, any, I think any any series, yeah, not just a weekend series. So, yeah, as of Sunday, Mike, this tweet from, a, from a, at Stats by Stats, Mike Trout of the Angels is the first player in MLB history to hit four game-winning home runs in a single series. That's a home run that puts your team ahead to stay. So uh, it really felt like this unique series where Trout put the team on his back in a way that Guerrero might not have. And Travis, I'm always a big on like, it's about the numbers and not the narrative because yep. we see Mike Trout lose MVPs when he has better numbers, but some other guy has the narrative because mm -hmm. he helped his team win. So I'm not going to sit here and say that it has to be Trout over Guerrero, but one other stat, Travis, that really supports our case that I just kind of stumbled across is that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just this last week had a win probability added of 29.4%. So that's how much he swung his team's chances to win the game. Uh, technically, if you had a one in that column, that means one full game you swung your team. So he swung his team about 29% of a full win. So that, mm -hmm. that's very good for a week. Yeah. Um, Mike Trout, on the other hand, his win probability added was 94% in just one week. He 
with his bat helped his team win pretty much a full game in just a week span, which is just really nuts to kind of even fathom and think about. Uh, and Travis, one other kind of sprinkle on top, the cherry on top, that thing that kind of makes Mike Trout so special is he plays center field, of course. He also, this last week, robbed a home run at in the first inning of a, of a Dodger game. Chris Taylor, where yeah. Where he really, he single-handedly kept the game kind of in in reach because it almost went from 3-0 to like 6-0. I can't remember the exact scores, but it really kind of kept the game from getting really out of hand. So he really does it all. And the, the speed and the base pass is a whole other kind of component, but... I'm sure you're going to agree with me, but what's your thoughts on, I guess, that kind of comparison there? Yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, I think the numbers said it all. I mean, five home runs to three home runs. Uh, I think it was, what, 10 RBIs to seven RBIs. So if you look at those two numbers, one guy's obviously got him beat. Uh, you know, when he went through his whole O for, what, 26 stint, Alex, you know, Mike Trout's, I think his stock was really dropping. A lot of people were losing confidence in him. Uh, after this weekend, I checked the numbers on Monday morning, Alex, he regained the MLB lead in slugging percentage and regained the lead in MLB OPS. So wow. it's just crazy that he has the ability to just turn the whole entire stat line around in just one weekend where he can have a special weekend like that. And then you look at slugging and OPS to just incredibly important numbers and percentages in determining you know best player in the game best hitter in the game and again it just it just does not surprise me at all that he's able to just swing the numbers back to his favor again um i mean we always talk about it once in a generation type of player and he had himself a weekend like you said how many games he was able to basically put the game in control with his bat with his swing um and that's what made us pretty much victorious taking four out of five in Seattle. But just a crazy, crazy weekend. It's just a crazy week. I know we wanted to sum up, summarize Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s week very good. But I think we both agree Trout had himself just a historic and special week. Something that he'll remember for, of course, probably the rest of his career. And, and there's another kind of component to this that I just remembered. It's a tweet that I found. Um, this is James Smith 621 on Twitter, but uh, I want to give credit where it's due for finding this. But just this last week, Travis, um, which is, of course, what this award is all about, Player of the Week, just with this last week, Trout passed in career baseball reference war. He passed Joe DiMaggio, Pete Rose, and Dan Brothers. So he passed three Hall of Famers, wow. almost positive brothers as a Hall of Famer. He was a really old, like early 1900s, like late 1800s kind of slugger type, but... You're talking about three of like these kind of guys that are just all-time greats. Oh, of course, P. Rose also not a Hall of Famer, but I pretty much call him one. Yep. <laughs> but uh, you know, when you're the hit leader, that's super special. Trout is literally surpassing these titans of the game in WAR, and he is in his you know age 31 season, I believe. Yep. Uh, just yep. Not 31 yet, but yeah. Absolutely, just kind of picking up where he left off from you know past MVP seasons. So uh, it is kind of crazy to see uh, him. I guess beyond that kind of monster, uh, it just it's just crazy. You pass three legends of the game in yeah. one week of mashing. So yeah. I, it's something worth mentioning for sure. And right now, baseball war, he is point one away, Alex, from getting to ninety career war. I'm I'm sorry, eighty career right. war. Uh, and there are just there's I mean, there's probably fifty percent I would say uh, of Hall of Famers that have never reached that level before. And so, just for a guy like that to do it, and he's not even thirty one. Um, again. You guys are seeing history right before your eyes, and don't take this guy for granted. Uh, I don't know how many other guys you'll ever see in your lifetime that are able to do this kind of productivity in you know a span of this of this much. So, just I mean another 
praise tweet to him or praise, you know, saying to Mike Trout, uh, pretty incredible guy does things that are, you know, again, on a kind of a stupid level that you really can't, you know, really can't compare with other guys. So, <laughs> and, and then just, just to kind of hammer it home, uh, we spend a lot of time on, on this already, but, uh, I'm just looking at the OPS plus numbers, Travis. He's at a remarkable 192, which it really feels like this season has been like a walk in the park for him. It's like yeah. another year of like what you should expect from Mike Trout. Um, that's tied with Judge. So Judge is having like his, you know, career of yep. all career years. Of course, his rookie year was super special, but this year is like he's the MVP favorite right now. Um, Jordan Alvarez is at a 193. He's probably leading uh, the charge for best DH in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be the best hitter in baseball um, when everything is, is going his way. Uh, Jose Ramirez is at a 194 OPS+. plus. Uh, of course, we love Jose, and then mm-hmm. Goldschmidt at a 195. So it's very interesting how the top there's a very clear top five in baseball for OPS plus for qualified hitters. Harper is like the sixth man at 184, so it's like a big step between him and then up to 192 at Trout, and then yep. it's him, Judge, Alvarez, Ramirez, Goldschmidt. They're like the top five OPS plus guys. It's crazy how all those guys are having these historic seasons, and then Trout is just kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm in the mix, of course, right? Of course, yep. I'm going to be in the mix. So <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there. Exactly. Travis, we can keep moving on now to discuss the first. We'll go to the. Uh, there was just this first wave, first announcement of an update on the All Star voting as of right now. It came out this morning, Travis. It was all the buzz on Twitter, all over, you know, online uh, sports writers talking about it. So we thought we would uh, kind of give our thoughts, Travis, on, I guess, you know, some of these guys that we think are rightfully gonna you know probably leading the charge for their position and some guys who we think are getting totally snubbed by the voters which travis we've learned to come to expect like some teams the rays the a's they're just not going to get the love that you know the yankees will that the red sox will that the dodgers will and this year travis the blue jays will because the blue jays for whatever reason are leading so many positions that we probably i mean i haven't discussed this with you yet in in specifics yeah but it seems like the Blue, the Blue Jays are leading in tons of positions that uh, are definitely head scratchers. So I'll, I'll just start us off, Travis. We'll go American League first. Mm-hmm. So first off with catchers. We'll just go through all positions, yeah? Yeah, let's do that, yeah. Catchers leading the charge, Alejandro Kirk, the Blue Jay, with over 1 million votes. I think he's third. Uh, of any vote getter, yeah, I think. Yeah, third place out of, out of all American League vote getters, yeah. And it's because he... I, I do. Th- I'm, I don't know if he, you know, it's just because that's how much better his resume is right now than yep. the other AL catchers. Correct, and yeah. plus there's this big Toronto Blue Jays surge for whatever reason. The nation of Canada is really backing their team. Yep. You know, all eggs are going into one basket on, mm-hmm. on, on their votes. So mm-hmm. uh, it's helping Kirk. But second place is Jose Trevino. It really feels like it's got to be one of those two and they'll probably both make the team. Definitely. Uh, and I believe two guys for all these positions uh, get to make it into like the... I don't know, there's like another phase after this. So it's like two guys move on to that next phase. But yep. uh, so those are the two catchers. We're probably good there. Going yep. to first yep. base, number one is Vlad Guerrero Jr. with 947,000 votes. Second place is Ty France on the Mariners with barely under 600,000. Wow. So we're talking about a huge gap between these two guys and Travis. Their numbers are not close this season. Yeah. Guerrero Jr. does not have the numbers right now to say he should be the number one American League first baseman. Um, if you're doing a draft and you wanted to draft players, maybe he's the best in terms of what you expect going forwards or you know next season or, or however you want to look at that. 
But based on numbers of this first part of the season, it 100% is Ty France's spot. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with me? I agree with you that the numbers are a lot better. Um, I, of course, this is will, this will probably be one category, one position, Alex. I will actually favor Guerrero Jr. Really? Um, okay. I guess for me, I'll have a little bit of a... I guess a stupid fan bias where you're kind of just looking at the name and what he's done in the past. Um, I guess for me, I know, I know, honestly, and you know, Ty France deserving the numbers, all the numbers are better. I I will say, but I will put my vote towards Guerrero jr. I guess also just looking at last season, the way he finished. But I mean, if you come to me and say, well, Ty France is a better player this year, I'd say you're hundred percent correct. He's having a better season, but um, I guess with the all-star game, sometimes you want to look at more of a, uh, attractive player or you know just someone that's going to bring more of the star power to the all-star game but uh you know it, it, it is one of those areas alex why i probably will, i would kick myself because i want to see the best players that are performing this first half that is ty france um and you know it's crazy that it's that far away though i will say i would i would have definitely thought people would be looking at it more um you know in you know almost like a hundred thousand vote difference but we're looking at almost what three hundred thousand votes right now of the difference. Plus, yeah, 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 yeah. Over, over that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It, it is definitely odd in my opinion, but uh, I'll I'll quickly do a quick comparison. I, I guess I guess I'm looking at popularity vote too. So sure, I mean, yeah, and and some people are going to go that way, but uh, right now, Guerrero Junior has a, a one forty four OPS plus mm-hmm. um, on the season. Ty France is at a one fifty six, so the better bat and the better glove as well. Uh, Guerrero plays for the Blue Jays, who are a playoff team right now. Yep. And, of course, like we said, they're the only team in their country, so that's going to help the voting quite a bit. The other guy, Travis, that the, here's my biggest problem. If I was voting, I would say Ty France has won, and my number two would be between Anthony Rizzo yeah. and Luis Arise because Luis Arise, Travis, is definitely getting – he's getting screwed over by this because yeah. I think he would have a chance to be the second spot behind Ty France, at least if I was voting. He's up at a 160 OPS plus this season – leading the uh all of baseball in batting average and on base in this first part he's not going to be in all in the all-star game because i mean i think he probably end up will be on the bench maybe but yeah yeah batting average and on base titles and you know you're playing all the games he's had 60 games played almost like we're gonna cut you for you know grow jr who had a great season last year but this year has been you know for his standards you know you're right solid but not great you're right and that's what sucks i think about the all-star game too is it's 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 a popularity contest and you get a lot of guys that are going to be left behind that really should deserve a shot because their numbers are saying so but they might play on a bad team they might play for a small market and that's what generally just kind of hurts them and I'm, i'm honestly surprised a guy like rizzo is not getting more of the vote um, I thought he was going to be, you know, a slam dunk for maybe even like a top two. I actually am surprised France, I think, is top. France is top two right now. France is second. Yeah. Second. I okay. think I think he's the person if you asked most like writers who are really following it close, they would probably all pick France. I yeah. feel like. Yeah. But just being in Seattle. Yeah. The lack of popularity there. And just the way that uh, the season's causing, gone. It's the way it's um, causing that. And, yeah. And I think with Vladdy, I mean. Again, you ask a common fan, they're definitely voting Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just because of what happened last year. Um, but that's last year, of course. But uh, pretty, I mean, again, it, it doesn't surprise me. But again, it kind of does surprise me with some of these votes and the way that these things are looking as of right now. Um, maybe in the next couple of weeks, we'll see kind of some some things shift. But um, I think Guerrero Jr., I believe he will be the starting first baseman just because of that hype he's really developed around himself. But uh I'll keep moving on. Ty France, you know, again, <laughs> better season so far. So right, yeah. So we at least we agree about yeah, that. Yeah. Second base, Travis, a bit surprised, but 
a bit relieved. Jose Altuve is leading the vote yep. at 710,000. Second place is Santiago Espinal uh, at 522,000. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. Another Blue Jay, but I think he has also had a really solid part. So, I'm not going to knock him for yep. being second. Yep. If someone thought Andres Jimenez or Glaber Torres should be in that spot, I would not argue with that. Um, I think that both those guys have had really great starts to their to their seasons. Mm-hmm. But Altuve being number one makes a lot of sense based on the numbers. He's the best American League second yes. baseman this season. Uh, there's always this this factor, Travis. We're kind of wondering how will the voters respond to the Astros um, who are trying to make the All Star game. He's not having problems at least so far with exactly. the voting. So uh, there's no, not much to cover there. I think I'll keep moving on. Uh, third base, Travis. The biggest. You think the biggest the biggest question mark? The biggest question mark, yep. Rafael Devers is at number one, 727,000 votes. Jose Ramirez is second, 711,000 votes. So just only a couple, you know, like about 20,000, no, about 17,000 less votes. So it's super, super close. It could go either way. I think when I filled this out, Travis, I voted for Jose Ramirez. I'm like, I've made it very vocal on the podcast not only, not only is first of all, first of all, Devers is mashing the ball. Yeah. But I'm gonna say I think this season Jose has been as good or better of a hitter. Also, better defender, better base runner. Yep. Uh, the only bat in his lineup, and he still manages to get it done uh, all the time. We last episode we read off these kind of crazy stats about how he does not strike out and still hits home runs. It, it's really an impressive resume on his season so far. Um, and behind him is Matt Chapman, DJ LeMahieu. It's kind of a big drop-off. So mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. going to be one of those two starting the All-Star game, if, uh, Devers or Ramirez. And the good news is they're both going to make the All-Star team. Um, it just depends on sure. who's going to start the third base spot. Um, Devers has the war. I think Devers has the home runs. Ramirez, though, right now leads Devers uh, uh, in OPS. Jose Ramirez right now actually leads MLB in OPS. He has a slight, slight edge on Trout. I think it's honestly in the, like, one thousandth or the I'm, I'm trying to how many decimal decimal points back yeah he has a slight edge over trout in ops of for all mlb right now so again another spot that jose ramirez is just pretty much putting out his numbers and they are up there with the elites of the elites for the hitters in mlb right now uh and again I, again me and me and you are going to vote for jose ramirez for this spot devers course is not going to be a surprise if he takes home the starting role at third base but i definitely think both guys will be making the team would be cool to see jose go to over to second base and possibly get that nod but that of course won't happen just because yeah, you no got to stick to your position but i guess if you wanted to be creative he'd be good at uh the second base spot and that'd be a pretty powerful uh infield right there um yeah so the comparison uh, you're I knew you were right about baseball reference war for Devers being over Ramirez, but yeah. actually he also Devers also leads in Fangraphs war, which that's okay. that, that's newer I think because I think Ramirez was leading that earlier in the season a few weeks back. So yeah, Devers. I mean, there's a case for sure. I don't want to act like um, it's it's BS that he's ahead of Ramirez. Mm-hmm. I would personally vote Ramirez. Uh, I think Ramirez will age better and has a better chance of winning the MVP when the season's all said and done. I won't say better chance win the MVP, but I think there's a better chance he ends up being like. This guy had the best season in mm-hmm. the AL mm-hmm. um, on an individual level, not on a team level. But we'll see. If the Guardians make the playoffs, then that's going to help them, obviously, of course. But uh, probably good to keep moving down the list, Travis. I think the one that I was the most head-scratcher, yep. the most kind of confused about, didn't even see this coming remotely, was the American League shortstop spot. So for shortstop, the leader right now is Bo Bichette and the Blue Jays. Yeah. 
He's at 585,000. Second place is Tim Anderson in the White Sox, 525,000. So definitely an overcomable margin. And actually just only 3,000 votes behind Tim Anderson is Xander Bogarts. Um, and then it drops off a bit down, down, to, uh, down to Jeremy Pena. But Bo Bichette being in the lead, as small as the lead may be, that is just super nuts to me, Travis. Because I think it's it was a it was such a lock in our minds. Anderson, Bogarts, Pena, these are like the the big three of the American League shortstops. Um, and for Bichette, I think Travis, in terms of talent, in terms of upside, in terms of when things are going right, Bichette could be better than those guys. I mean, his best moments are really really great. He has great stretches of baseball that he plays. But right now, first part of the season, he has not been the best AL shortstop, not even close. Uh, any other reaction to that? Yeah, I mean, I, if you want to just even look at average, I mean, basically, Tim Anderson has a 100 points higher, better average than Bo Bichette right now. Less home runs, less RBIs. But when yeah, average OPS, clearly, clearly so much better than Bo Bichette. And then, of course, Bogarts, um, the average and, of course, the RBIs, OPS, all right there next to Bo Bichette. It's just another uh, classic case of, you know, Canada really is taking this voting seriously. They want to get so many Blue Jays into this all-star game. Bo Bichette is a great shortstop. He's going to be a great shortstop for a long time. But just looking at it right now, Alex, I, of course, am leaning Bogarts and Tim Anderson. I think I mentioned to you, Tim Anderson is my starting shortstop if I had to make my team right now. So, again, another head-scratcher where you look at just all the numbers combining. Um, I guess guys right now are really just caring about RBIs and home runs. It seems like that is the narrative of this all-star voting so far. Guerrero Jr. at first base and Boba Shedd at shortstop. That's the main focus is home runs right now. Uh, it, it seems like that's been the leaderboard for for all these positions, as, as you've been mentioning. Yeah, I'm trying to look up the, uh, the wars right now. But yeah, it looks like I think Bogarts is up at a... 3.2 very impressive fangraphs war he's like that's like ninth best in baseball yep. um and he's hitting, hitting the ball super super well he's at 332 average 396 on base 486 slugging so very kind of hits for contact walks and hits for power uh, a lot of good stuff going for bogarts um who i really didn't really think about voting for i was really kind of focused on for whatever reason, I thought Jeremy Pena really deserved mm -hmm. it. He's been injured recently and has kind of slipped a little bit. He still plays great defense and runs the bases, so um, there's a case for him for sure. But it, And like you said, you made the case for Tim Anderson already. I think that those three, for me, were very clear picks. Um, Bo Bichette, Travis, is someone who you know I love to have on my team. I think he's a really, really great player and can keep getting better. Um, but he's had better seasons than what he's having right now, yeah. is my main point. A 104 Definitely. OPS, sorry, a 104 WRC plus for... Bobo Shet, he's been an average hitter this season. You know, it, it's just crazy that he got, uh, he's getting so much love. Yeah. But, you know, that's just the power of the Blue Jays fan base, apparently. So we'll keep on moving. Uh, we'll go to the outfield now. Actually, we'll go DH first. I have DH, a DH okay. list right here. The DH list, Travis, 835,000 votes for Don Alvarez, 555,000 for Shohei Otani. And then it's a bit of a drop down to. 307 JD Martinez. So it really feels like it will be Alvarez and Otani as the two main names for the DH spot. Mm -hmm. Of course, like other names will get filled in. Maybe JD could still make it by a coach picker, however that works. But I do think that um, you can expect, of course, Alvarez and Otani to be in this all star game uh, in some capacity. And Alvarez being ahead of them just kind of shows that Alvarez has had a really special bat this season. He's one of the hottest hitters in baseball. We were talking about him just last week on last episode, talking about 
what a great week he had at that point. So no complaints there, right, Travis? No complaints at all. I mean, Alvarez is the best hitter uh, when it comes to the DHs in the American League, rightfully so. He should get first place, even though Otani, of course, is, you know, our guy, one of the best players in Major League Baseball. Jordan Alvarez, of course, the first half he's having is uh, is very, very special. So first place is rightfully so for his. Yeah, and we're talking about just DH, so that's just like... And Otani's going to get in one way or another. Alex, I think if he had a a 700 OPS or a 600 OPS, Otani would still find a way to get in the All-Star game. Just an exciting player. I don't think that people want to leave him out. So I, I that, feel like... That's a fair case. I feel like when the season started, game one, you already could say that, you know, Possibly even Mike Trout, but you could probably, you, you definitely could say Otani is an all star no matter what. So uh, I, I feel like just with the hype that he's brought to the game, you have to have him at the all star game at Dodger Stadium. So uh, it might be a little unfair, but at the same time, I think when you look at just the hype of it, he has to be there. Sure. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. So looking on the outfield now, American League outfield, the voting is as follows it's Judge first at 1.5 million votes. Trout second at almost 1.3 million. So that's like 1A and 1B right yep, there in voting. Exactly. Then it's a big drop down to 622,000 is George Springer Blue Jays in that third spot. So it'll be the third starting outfielder if the voting stays. Um, then it's a drop again to Giancarlo Stanton on the Yankees at about 500,000 votes. Then it's Taylor Ward just about... Just about 7,000 below Stanton is Taylor Ward. So Taylor Ward is right in Stanton's kind of heels nice, for that voting. Nice. And Byron Buxton on the Twins is at a 403,000. So, you know, about like 900, sorry, about 90K below Ward. So, and then, and then Lourdes is kind of creeping behind Buxton, Lourdes Goriel. So, and, and Teoscar below him too. So it's kind of <laughs> crazy how the Blue Jays are kind of lurking there. But Travis, the biggest standout to me. So first off, the first discussion I think has to be Trout and Judge are such locks. Yeah, easy. easy. Third spot, who should it go to? It, yeah. You can could, you could slice it so many ways. I think there's a very good case for Springer. I think he's had a great start to the year. Yeah. I think he constantly was underrated on the Astros because they had so many other good players. They had Altuve getting MVP love. They had Bregman getting almost MVP. Uh, they had great pitching winning Cy Youngs, but he was a leadoff hitter who was had an OPS north of 150 and he was playing center field. You know, he was a great, great player. I think if he made the all-star team to start, I'd have no complaints. However, Taylor Ward, I think is someone who we'll see how he kind of adjusts because he has missed time on multiple different kind of day-to-day stints. So if he missed it, I would kind of, you know, be kind of bummed out for him because he had such a special breakout start to the year has had these kind of injury issues, bugs kind of nagging. So we'll see how he responds from now until when the All-Star game actually, uh, when the voting actually ends. Buxton is someone who you predicted would be in the mix, Travis, and rightfully so. Uh, I think him and Ward are in a similar spot where it's like, what can you do for me from now until when the voting ends, right? And now the biggest head scratcher for me, Travis, is someone down at 251 thousand votes in 10th place is Kyle Tucker hmm. and I think that that is just absolutely insane I and he's think a top 10 war guy right now in MLB he is he has been super special both hitting where he runs the bases very well and he actually I think is leading baseball in, in at least leading right fielders in defensive runs saved he's been a great defender I think he's going to be in the conversation for a gold glove this season uh, we'll have to wait and see of course uh, how the season shapes up at the end but 
He is someone who's seeing him down at 10th below Teoscar Hernandez, below Lourdes Correal, below his teammate Michael Brantley, I think is absolutely ridiculous, um, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the list goes on actually to the top 20. So the names just keep going. Benatendi, Julio Rodriguez, Randy Rosarena, Chaz McCormick, which is kind of crazy. Joey Gallo, which is getting down the Yankee love. Kike Hernandez, Verdugo, Manuel Margot, Austin Hayes, and Jackie Bradley Jr. So it's kind of funny. At the bottom, you just see kind of popular teams getting their guys in. But uh, Travis, any thoughts on anything I just talked about, either the Tucker piece or like who you think is going to get third in that in that kind of outfield spot? Yeah, big surprise for Tucker. Um, I'm sure he's getting that Astros hate, uh, which, of course, sucks for him. Of course, I think we talked about that last week with, uh, you know, having nothing to do with 2017 or 2018 or, you know, practically even 2019, but um, definitely deserves to be a guy that is considered for a top six spot. I think definitely for Kyle Tucker, honestly, I probably would boot uh, Giancarlo Stanton out and put Tucker in my top six. If I had to make it, I mean, Stanton at four is a little surprising. I would have definitely liked to see Ward or Buxton uh, at the fourth spot, but that's just my opinion. But yeah, having Tucker down there that low, pretty surprising to me. Um, and then going to all the way to the top, Trout, Judge, that's pretty easy to be a 1-2, Alex. I don't care if he's first or second, whichever one is first or second. Um, those are the two best outfielders in Major League Baseball. Probably the two best outfielders, um, you know, definitely on the American League side right now. So that's very good to see. And, of course, very reassuring to see Ward still getting the respect and love to be a top five guy right now. Looking like, honestly, maybe even all six guys could possibly even still make the All-Star team. Maybe right. not start but all six guys could make the All-Star team. That'd be very, very awesome to see Taylor Ward, um, you know, possibly come in late in the ball game, maybe be a very big factor late in the ball game at Dodger Stadium. So uh, good to see him there. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, Canada getting a lot of the popularity vote right now. George Springer being third, rightfully so, though, having a great, great season. But it's really interesting to see all these uh, Blue Jays, you know, coming in first or second so far for all these positions. It's, I mean, it definitely means that a lot of these guys and a lot of these teams need to get out there and get some more votes in to, uh, you know, ensure that their guys are in the all-star game or at least starting for the all-star game. And, and I was surprised to even see Stan on this list, uh, being that he is currently at 26 games played in the outfield this season, 25 games D eight. So he's very close in that regard. Um, just about 51 games played, uh, 54 games played. It looks like according to yes, 54 games played. So, uh, his numbers have been good, but not, I would, I would say they're worse than, I would say I would take Tucker's bat, honestly, at least yeah, for this Tucker's part glove, of the season. You know, too, and then the, the, then the glove comes into play, the, the base, base running, running comes, yeah, comes into play. Yeah. It becomes no debate for me, at least. Um, so Travis, uh, that's all for the American League, it seems. Uh, pitchers are not part of the fan voting process, at least not for now. We will move on to the NL, yeah? Yep, definitely. NL catchers. Wilson Contreras leads by a good amount for the Cubs, eight about eight oh one thousand votes. Travis Darno is in second at four seventy one thousand votes. Um, Yachty surprisingly is at third, just on name, surely just on name alone. <laughs> yeah, getting popularity, getting four hundred fifty four thousand votes. Um, I'm guess I'm fine with this. I would not have Darno above some other guys like maybe Tyler Stevenson. I think Will Smith just on what he's probably going to do from now to then is, yeah. is a safe bet um yeah jt Realmuto has been a kind of slumping at certain points but wilson Contreras is the easy pick for the mm -hmm. starter mm -hmm. he will be the starter if he stays healthy um there's no doubt about that so probably good to move on yeah clear consensus Contreras, and then i think that you make a really good argument with darno with stevenson and with will smith as well all being you know 
part of that next tier or next package of catchers. Molina, I, I know they probably want to get him in. And, you know, I, I, I haven't heard too much buzz on Pujols, but I know they're probably two guys that they, of course, want to talk about, you know, getting into their last All-Star game. But um, at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, let, let's all let, let's pick the guy that's best deserving as well. So sure. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, I, I, that, that should weigh more on that. But, you know, I think we can both agree. Wilson Contreras right now, special season so far. Absolutely agree. First base in the National League. Pretty Num- easy. Number one. Yeah, I think for me, the top two is a very easy top two. And the guy who should be ahead is also the guy who they correctly put ahead. Paul Goldschmidt is at number one at a 930K uh, votes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Pete Alonso on the Mets is a 602,000 votes. Uh, so a big gap between them, I'd say. And then kind of another gap of over like almost 150,000 down uh, to Freddie Freeman on the Dodgers getting third. Matt Olson getting fourth. That's the big four in the National League. After that, it's just like a bunch of guys who definitely don't, don't deserve it so far, like Hosmer and and like uh, Rowdy Tellez and stuff like that, who have had some good starts, but not on the level of definitely the top two being Goldschmidt and Alonzo. Kind of no question in my yeah, mind. Yeah, those those are definitely the top two. One guy that, I mean, surprisingly does not, you do not name on that top five, Alex, CJ Krohn. Um, He's down at eight with yeah. only 75,000 votes. And, and I know, of course, <laughs> he, and he he plays in Coors, and I know that's going to be a big hit on him. But, I mean, a 302 average, um, 17 homers, has more home runs right now than Paul Goldschmidt. I think only Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo and Christian Walker for the Arizona, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks have uh, the same or more. I'm sorry, have more than cj crone right now but 52 rbis that's definitely top tier when it look at all the first basements and then an ops at a 913 yeah. not many guys have that big of an ops right now i think he is second out of all nl first basements when you look at ops so uh, a guy that's kind of getting a little bit of uh you know not getting i guess the 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 limelight that he deserves i would at least say uh just for having just such an under the radar kind of season he was actually in a video just to kind of on a little side note, he was in a video today. I think John boy uh, tweeted it or talked about him, but he honestly, Alex can be a guy that we really could see on the trade block, possibly this, uh, you know, this coming sure. trade trade deadline. I mean, two Huge seasons, ready back. I think they said two straight seasons so far of a 900 or higher OPS. So the consistency is there. big, big righty bat. A lot of teams could use a guy like that. Red Sox could use a guy like that. You know, I think maybe even, you know, Franchi Cordero or Bobby Dahlbeck might not be doing the job. CJ Crone, insert that. You look at that. It's a good idea. Field. That that could be a good pairing. I mean, you look at Crone, Story, Bogarts, Devers. I don't even want to know who wants to face that lineup or especially that infield, the strength that they have. Imagine him playing at Fenway Park with that green monster. Uh, play Pepper with that wall a lot. But just some, just some. Uh, I guess I just want to give a little appreciation post to, uh, to CJ Crone. Uh, really, honestly, a surprising guy for the past couple of years. Really under the radar. I like it. I like it. And, of course, former Angel Travis. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was funny. Blocked in that by video, Albert. It was, <laughs> it was in that video, and someone said, of course, another guy that Albert has, like, blocked from, like, greatness. And it's just, like, it, again, it's it's – he had, of course, he, he had to go through kind of some growing pains. I think he went to Tampa. I think he went to Minnesota. I think he might have went to maybe possibly another team as well. But um, hopped around a bit. He did. But then, of course, Colorado right now, he, the past two years, at least, he has been uh, a very nice guy to have in Colorado so far. But, you know, just a guy that I think don't really doesn't get the enough recognition so far. Yeah. Yeah. I, we agree. We agree. Moving on to second base. Uh the leader right now is Jazz Chisholm, Marlins, 634,000 votes. 
Ozzy Albies on the Braves is second at a 589,000 <laughs> votes. Yeah, his bat has been pretty pedestrian this year. Um, and he'll be out, of course. So, Of course, now injured, so probably won't be appearing in the game unless something <laughs> heals very quickly. But, yeah, Albies brings a, lot of defense and, and base running to the table. But uh, other bats, I think, deserve the spot. It seems like McNeil will slot in nicely. He was only 9,000 votes behind Albies in the first mm -hmm. place. The Mets have been the best team so in the NL, so naturally they're going to get a handful of guys in. McNeil makes a lot of sense in the second base spot to at least be the bench guy yeah. if, if Jazz will take home the starting spot. So we'll see how that kind of pans out. But after McNeil, it's a big drop down to like guys like Lux, Nolan Gorman, Cronenworth. It, those guys are all you know below the 300,000 vote mm -hmm. threshold. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, moving on to third base now is another Travis, a really kind of, three I guess, guys. a good one to talk about. Yeah, in terms of the voting, there's a definitely a big three separated. Machado is first by actually a lot. Mm -hmm. I was, I'm surprised at how big the gap is here on the fan vote. Machado is at a 969,000 votes. Wow. Arenado down at a 581. Wow. So wow. That's, that's a really big gap. Then below Nado by about like 20... 20 something thousand votes is Austin Riley on the Braves. And then after I Riley, it's a huge kind of drop down to like Justin Turner, Eduardo Escobar, yep. guys who are really not in that mix uh, so much. But Travis, it really is Machado's award to win. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, recently injured. I think he heard something in his in his foot or, or ankle or leg. Yeah. I saw him tumble over first base recently, which is. X-rays um, are negative, but yeah, it could be a thing that keeps him out for a couple of weeks. And oh, that's good. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that it was going to yeah, be. X-rays came a... back negative, so that was a good sign. But it could be a thing. Maybe they they might talk about it and say, you know, a couple of weeks off, and also, you know, maybe it's not the best idea to play in the All Star game. Uh, yeah, we have, we'll we have see bigger how that goes. and better, you know, things to hurdle this season. Uh, especially the start that they've been on, but and, and so, yeah. so, someone said if only this team had had another left side of the infielder who was capable of being an MVP to replace him. And it's like, oh, they they have one in yeah. waiting once yeah. once Fernando, of course, yeah. comes back from his injury. But um, if they get those guys back at the same time, it could oh. just be it could be just uh, bad news for the NL West. Yeah. But we'll talk about that a little bit more later. The that uh, how that might affect the MVP running. But uh, Travis. I think you probably agree. Machado, Arenado, Riley seems like a pretty good order. Easily, easily a top three. Yep, yep. Uh, so moving on from there, Travis, we can go to shortstops. Another one that's kind of a good a good debate. There's some different names that, right. that could be in the mix, but one guy has a solid lead right now. So Trey Turner on the Dodgers is at first place for NL shortstops at 811,000 votes. Dansby Swanson on the Braves is actually second, so he is in that kind of top two spot at almost 600,000 votes. Then below him are two other guys who have deserved some uh, name recognition. Lindor is third on the Mets with 521,000. He, in my mind, has not been offensively what these other guys have been, mm -hmm. but he does bring a great glove to the table, and he's on the first place in the, uh, uh, Yankee, or, sorry, Mets, so that's, of course, going to play some sort of role. And then Tommy Edmond... Travis is fourth place on the Cardinals with 277. So he, in my mind, is almost out of the mix. Yeah. Like seeing him that low, I really don't think he has any chance to be starting the All Star game. I think he's currently leading position players in WAR, Travis. Yeah. Base reference WAR, yeah, four point one. And he is not on a small market team. He's in a team with plenty of fans. Um, it's just crazy. I think part of it could be the position change. Part of it could be the fact that the bat has not been – it's been very good. It's not been the levels of some other guys. Um, but, but if he didn't make the position – or if he didn't get put from second base to shortstop, Alex, he, I think, would be a clear front runner at the second base spot. I do agree with that. 
um, because the shortstop is pretty dense with big names. But uh, we'd be looking at Goldschmidt, Edmund, right side, and then with the Machado injury, we could be looking at Arenado on at the third base spot. We could be looking at almost a Cardinals infield for the All Star game. Kind of surprising. Give me okay. Let's do this. Give me your thought. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yep. Give me. Let's do this. Pick pick your two because it always cuts it off. Like the top two guys get moved on to the next round of yep. voting. Yep. Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, Lindor, Edmund. Uh, give me two. Who's your top two? You know, out of respect, I'm gonna give Edmund my second my second place vote. Okay. Um, nice. I think I talked to you last week. First place for me. I guess it's kind of like the same similarity as Vladimir Guerrero Jr., where I'm almost looking at more of a popular vote. But Trey Turner has to be my shortstop probably for the uh, the NL spot right now. I think I, everything that he brings to the table, I just want in that shortstop role. Great average, not great, great power, but you know, decently good power. A good OPS and an 843. I think that's that's definitely higher than uh, than Swanson, and it is higher than Edmund and Lindor. So I think he has the best OPS out of all of the shortstops so far right now. So Trey Turner is my number one. My number two would probably have to be Edmund, just because everything he brings to the table. Um, you mentioned, I think last week's Alex that you know. Some of his exit velo is pretty impressive. It's up there. It with, actually you know, is. You know, it's up there with a guy like Stanton or other guys. It was funny. I think after we recorded last week, there was a home run out of Edmund, and I think the exit velo was like almost like north of like 110 miles an hour, and it wow. was just a shot down the line. I was like, Alex basically just called this out. He basically just left the yard on a lightning bolt. So, um, Tommy Edmund, I think, has to be number two out of just respect for what he's done, even on the war stance and the defense, just what he brings all around at the table. And Trey Turner, number one. Swanson is probably right on Edmund for the second place spot, having a great, great year. Um, Lindor, fourth. You know, I think just the name, the hype, playing for the Mets, having 52 RBIs, that's going to get him probably a lot of votes. But I think there are other guys that are having, of course, special years uh, besides Lindor. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree with your analysis. I would also think the top two should be Turner and Edmund. I would personally start Edmund just mm-hmm. because the same way you really favor, like you're saying, the guys who really like on the name value. Yep. I almost do the opposite. I almost favor like if this guy is having his year, like this is his year, you know. Yeah, and this that's m- true. This too. might be Edmund's season. Uh, Very true. Of course, he could continue to get better. Who knows? But if this ends up being his premier year, it'd really suck if he either didn't make the All Star game or if he got you know stuck on the bench. Which, yeah. of course, to be there, get your name right out, pinch yep. hit probably or pinch field for you know, defensive sub. Yeah. Or even, or even pinch run because he does have uh it looks like 15 steals on the season so far so he brings everything to the table i mean he, he does he's a great player he does so um but that's a good top two i agree uh with that and then tatis travis is lurking in fifth place who has not played a game yet this season but <laughs> uh there's there's definitely a chance if he came back somehow in the next couple of weeks which i don't really think is going to happen but if it somehow happened and he hit five home runs in the first week back his votes could skyrocket, so we'll see how that goes. That'd be crazy because he came back. Uh, I guess his test came back that he still needs some time to heal. Right. Um, and I think everyone was uh, was expecting, hopefully, some good news that he'd be in the lineup in the next you know week. But I, I think right now it's almost looking like if he's not playing by July, it's probably not at all going to happen. But you know, hey, he could have Josh Hamilton style week where it's seven home runs, four home run game, and we're just like. Okay, Tatis just gained five hundred thousand votes in one night. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, something like that. That could be crazy. That could happen for him. But um, yeah, so far Trey Turner, I think, is the 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 impressive shortstop to have the number one vote. Also, sure, he's probably right now. I mean, we'll get into the outfield, but right now he could be the only Dodger starter right now. Um, 
at Dodger Stadium. You want to, have, of course, have a lot of Dodgers starting in the All-Star game. He could be the only Dodgers starting. But we'll get into that, of course, uh, with the outfield. Right, yeah. We'll, we'll do a quick stop at DH before we go to the outfield. Uh, this one seems like it's almost wrapped. Yeah. It's Bryce Harper at over a million votes. The next best is uh, William Contreras on the Braves at a 584,000 votes. So we're talking about a gap God, that's Contreras almost— Contreras brothers. Can you imagine that? Uh, I mean, that would be special. I mean, but Harper God, yeah. being 500,000 votes ahead is definitely going to be— uh, Easily in, number in, one. Right. Easily number one. But, I mean, what a—again, uh, what a kind of just a— I mean, crazy to see William Contreras out of nowhere. You're right. I mean, just having this good of a season so far and and really helping the Braves with what they've done so far in the last, you know, three weeks. Uh, And then the third place is the legend, Albert Pools. Ooh, T.O. T.O. Albert is third on the Cardinals. uh, With a hot 202 average. He has been a plus player in terms of someone you want batting DH against a lefty. They use him too much against righties. I've seen some some interesting stats that kind of show he's not getting better versus righties. Yep. He's getting worse. The lefty numbers against the lefty pitcher are still very solid. Um, so he definitely has a role in the MLB on a big league team. But uh, when you use him more and more against righties, those season numbers are going to go lower and lower. 200 average is definitely something he's not really used to. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Below him is Max Muncy, who uh, has, you know, a rough start to the season, kind of getting hotter more recently. But after that, no one's really close. It'll be Bryce Harper. And yep. second place will most certainly uh, be William Contreras if things keep going accordingly. Travis, moving on to the outfield now, like you mentioned, uh, the number one guy is a Dodger, Mookie Betts, rightfully so, but did recently get hurt. Uh, I think it was a cracked rib, was it? Cracked rib or, you know, I, I think it was that collision with Bellinger against the Angels. Um, oh, was that, it? That okay. caused it. Yeah, they, I saw a little replay and it was that play. So interesting enough you know cracked or you know broken rib uh it's it's a it's probably one of the trickiest things i feel like to heal because you can't cast your body <laughs> you know so it's almost like just just kind of you know you gotta take it easy take it easy for three weeks we'll reevaluate it see how it's going and you know i i, I really i it's it's probably the worst I, I feel like it might be one of the worst bones to break you just i don't know what you really can do so yeah, I could probably think of some other ones that are I pretty mean, bad too, but but that's right. definitely a, a femur is probably pretty worse. But yeah, your yeah. skull maybe. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, def, definitely no no good for him, no for Dodger fans. You want a player specialist Mookie who was playing as well as he was. He's playing uh, on another level, MVP type level. He did have uh, one million four hundred forty six thousand votes, leading all outfielders. Uh, so. The Dodger fans did their job and got him uh, up to that first place spot. He may have to give that up if he's not healthy by the All-Star game. Ronald Acuna Jr. is behind him in second place. Uh, he's at 1.3 million, almost 1.4 million votes. So pretty close to bets, actually. Yep. And then it's a huge, huge drop. Less than half of the votes of Acuna is third place. Jock Peterson and the Giants. Wow. At a 630,000. Below him, it's Starling Marte, Juan Soto, and and Adam Duvall is sixth. Yeah. Travis, Adam Duvall <laughs> is sixth in voting for NL Outfield. I know. That is something that makes no sense. Go ahead and pull up his numbers really quick because I want to have a quick talk about him. But uh, And then below Duvall, it's guys like Canna, Marcelo Zuna, all kind of lurking. Ozuna is someone who's kind of getting in on name alone. I don't think his And I'll mention right now, Canna deserves, I mean, a lot of props so far. He's been he's very done. solid. And, 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 and even like Ian Happ on the on the Cubs. I mean, an 861 OPS and a 291 average. I mean, Travis, looking Ian at Happ, Duvall. Ian yeah. Happ, I completely agree. 
17th in NL outfielder voting, <laughs> Ian Happ. And he he has hundred only 150,000 votes. Makes no sense to me. And the Cubs, are, and the Cubs are a big market. <laughs> so, yeah, after after Ozuna at 8th, it's Bellinger at 9th, Bader, Nimmo, who I think deserves more love than he's getting. Nimmo down at 11th place. He's had a great on-base season. He always does. Um, a great defender with great speed. He really is a 5-2 player. Um, if you really take a deep dive into the numbers, maybe the contact's not elite, elite, but the on base makes up for it. The power, like I said, the base running is really good. The defense is great. Uh, Chris Taylor is in the mix at 12th. Yastrzemski, Schwarber, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Ian Happ, Profar, Yelich, Castellano. So that's that's how the whole ranking shapes up. A lot of big names that you guys probably know and have heard about, but it's really crazy to me that Duval is up there at sixth place. Travis, do you have his numbers? I am pulling them up right now. I saw the 206 average, and I just didn't want to really want to look up the numbers because it's already lost me. So yeah, he um, he's he's a, he, a negative 0.3 WAR on the season, Alex. It, his bat has been below average. He is a he is a pass. I dropped him in fantasy in the first three weeks. I just cannot believe his production was so. It poor. was so it was so bad. Um, I, I'm not sure if he's getting in on the Braves credit or maybe he had a hot couple weeks or something. But his season numbers are still down in the dumps and for him to be above a guy like canna above a guy like uh in my mind uh nimmo should be higher yastrzemski should be higher cap like you said definitely should be higher um it's pretty crazy to me mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. any, any other thoughts on these kind of end outfielders yeah i mean i i definitely think that you know it you know mookie acuna and jock are going to be your top three and if we won't see mookie it's going to be of course acuna being the number one guy and then it's kind of crazy i mean jock peterson i mean rightfully so he's going to get a lot of love from uh, Atlanta fans. He's going to get a lot of love from Dodger fans. He's going to get a lot of love from Giants fans. So maybe he really just kind of controls the market that way. Yeah. And that's really how he gets in. But he's been an outstanding player. Um, you just better wish that, you know, Nestor Cortez comes in to face Jock when he comes to a uh, hit because uh, his probably lefty-lefty matchup will, will uh, haunt him at the plate. But it's a good point. Uh, but you know what? Honestly, he's, he's having a great season. So you really can't, uh, you know, put him down for that and then of course you look at Marte after guys like of course Ian Happ um some of the other names we mentioned that aren't even getting the recognition is pretty disappointing that um a guy like du- Duvall just looking at his numbers right now Alex I mean it's 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 nothing at all that says I'm an all-star so right um pretty crazy to see again another kind of another popularity vote that uh is a really big head scratcher and so yeah, like you said, Peterson likely going to get the nod, especially if Betts uh, ends up ends up opting opting out. But uh, Peterson will definitely get the crowd cheering at Dodger Stadium. They have got a lot of memories of him hitting home runs in the playoffs. If Peterson gets promoted and Okuna gets promoted, that leaves an opening spot for probably Starling Marte. It looks like, but Juan Soto could sneak up if he has a hot week or two because he's oh, yeah. right there in voting as well. But that's uh, that pretty much wraps it all up, Travis. Overall. Not terrible. No, but not not, not great. Not terrible. It's really funny looking at the NL outfield. If Mookie is not going to play, the NL outfield is really not not a question mark, but it's, just it's shallow. It, it feels it, it's like. really shallow compared to the AL. The AL right now, I mean, you have Buxton. I think what is he six? And it's like he would be easily starting in the NL outfield right now, um, and he's not even cracking the top five for the AL. So, uh, pretty interesting to look at that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that you know we'll keep kind of track of this as more stuff gets announced and if you guys haven't voted yet i mean you can vote like five times a day or something yeah. like that and just yeah. go to like the mlb website but yeah i mean you're right i just looked at buxton's numbers uh 
I mean, the home runs, I think, in the war says it all. Um, a 155 and, OPS plus, and yeah. he's sixth in the, yeah. in the AL, which, yeah. is, which yeah. is pretty crazy. And I think it, I think is what is like home runs to games played ratio is like practically like two, two Not, 19, games to one home run. 19 yeah. home runs in 50 games. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. almost it's pretty almost crazy. Popular, and and the, every five games, he's hitting two home runs. Yeah. Pretty nuts stuff. But, Travis, probably good to keep moving along mm-hmm. here. Um, I guess one thing we can touch on real quick is there was a really big time debut by a player we were really looking forward to seeing after a great spring training and there's tons of just stories about this guy in the minors this is talking about o'neill cruz uh shortstop for the pirates he was never really like a top 10 prospect kind of guy he never really got to those kind of spots mm-hmm. on those rankings um exit velo but the All i gotta na- say about him the talent <laughs> the talent travis is probably some of the best i feel like i've ever seen out of a prospect mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I saw a tweet and someone said, if this guy, like, if you just take every prospect and say, what if this guy reached his absolute peak ability? What if this guy reached his 100% ability? And just look at every prospect and kind of rate them that way. Yeah. I he mean, would have to be, Travis, top of the like, top. A, like an all time great no, prospect. Yeah, like, yeah. it would be so crazy. For those that don't know, we're talking about a shortstop for the Pirates who is six foot seven. And if you look at him, he's kind of like, looks like he's lanky, but he has so much power. Uh, so already, Already last season, I think he had like he had like eight eight games played or less than that, like six games played last season, and he hit uh, I think it was a home run, but he hit a ball that was like a top ten exit velocity hit of the season, and he only had a few at bats, which is crazy. So he hits the ball so so hard. Uh, currently in his debut, this is this is numbers just from his first game, which was I think was on Sunday. Um, he has the hardest thrown ball. By an infielder in all of MLB this Missile. season, in his first in his first inning or his first two yeah, innings, yeah. it was a thrown at ninety six point seven miles an hour from the shortstop spot to first base. If you watch the video, it is um it is an absolute like a laser beam. The hardest hit ball of the year by any pirate is O'Neill Cruz on his debut. He hit a hundred and twelve point nine mile an hour line drive. Uh, I think it was this hit to that went to left center. Um, for, it it, for it a, almost went to center and then started trailing off towards left center, and then it just got past the center fielder because it was hit so hard that yes. the center fielder couldn't really make a decision on taking a route to this ball. Yes. I mean, I mean it, it literally looked like a high schooler playing in T-ball in, in, in Little League. You know, it, it almost just looked like such a, a, a just a different level of playing baseball. Um, it's It's crazy to see what he's done so far in just one game. I mean insane alex and the three fastest sprint speeds of the year by any pirate now all belong to him the three (laughs) fastest so the three times i think he put the ball in play he one time ran 31.5 miles per hour 30.7 miles per hour and 30.3 miles an hour the term that people always use is elite, and elite means you're above 30. Uh, sorry, I said miles per hour. That's sorry, that's feet per second. Okay. So 31.5 feet per second, 30.7, and 30.3. Just for some context, the fastest player in baseball right now is Trey Turner. He has a 30.4 feet per second. I think that's his average, I assume, not his peak. But um, yeah, it's just so crazy to see O'Neill Cruz showing absolute top tier speed at this early early age um just coming out of the gate with some of the best tools in baseball travis in terms of just raw tools the ability to throw the ball that hard to run that fast hit the ball that hard um he looks like a creative player 
He really does. And seeing yeah, six foot seven. And there was this great video, Travis, when he hit that double we were talking about into left center. He rounded for third. Should I get the triple? Got thrown out. But there's this great angle of he's he's rounding second, looking at the ball and the defender, and he smiles kind of right where the camera's at, and his helmet falls off. You see his hair flowing. This guy is going to be such national media buzz, I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. just going to have such a... It's going to be such an incredible just kind of highlight reel every night kind of guy um, is what I really kind of foresee with him. I'm sure we'll see some big moonshots coming in the near future, but any other thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, glad Pirates can actually probably look forward to something and Pirates fans could look forward to something going to these games and just seeing what, what we what we honestly see as, I mean, the breakout of a guy that, I mean, 10 years down the road, if you said O'Neill Cruz is the best shortstop in the game, I would say, you know, you're probably right. You know, it really could be that way. If you looked at his overall peak, like you mentioned a couple minutes ago, this guy, this guy's peak could be 45 home runs. I mean, it could be Tatis-esque in that he's honestly possibly even maybe a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, with everything that he's able to do so far, I mean, we've only seen him for what? I think it's been three games, Alex. We've, he's only played in his career two games last year, one game this year. Okay. And, um, five hits already in three games, uh, already a homer, already a double, um, already seven RBIs in three games in his debuts so far. So, I mean, we're seeing a guy right now that is, I mean, he could be on another planet in a couple of seasons. We'll see. And we'll see what, uh, you know, basically what, what he can help do for Pittsburgh in the next couple of seasons. I know they're still rebuilding, still figuring out what they're going to be looking like in the next couple of years, but he is one guy to really build around i mean he is a special talent so for him and cabrian hayes on the left side alex in five years we could be looking at the best left side in baseball it, that that could end up being something like a tatis machado really yeah. um in five years from now for sure uh the pirates there's a lot to like about some of their young players i think they should keep they should just keep trying to get guys that are this age like get oh, yeah. prospects who oh, are yeah. a few years away and they can have something special on their hands in a few years time but uh and, and the, the division is something that seems like every year it's kind of you know it's not open but it's you know there is, there's always room for somebody it feels like it's there not is. it's not it's not the al east so uh yeah definitely more to keep track of on him for the rest of the season o'neill cruz hope he stays hot and stays in the bigs uh because they were trying to keep him down for a while and he finally got the call and is making all the headlines but travis i'm gonna keep moving on to a new topic here michael lorenzen had some comments angels pitcher these were in regards to the balls because the baseballs, Travis, are still causing problems for pitchers. And I don't know if uh, you saw, but he did actually bean Justin Upton mm -hmm. in the helmet during Upton's at bat. Of course, former Angel Upton, it's almost like, ooh, should, should there be some drama? <laughs> of course not. Yeah. Of course, I'm not trying to hit him. Um, and I guess the explanation from Lorenzen was he says, I don't know what MLB does with these balls. But that fully slipped out of my hand. It's just crazy. As a kid, you feel like the MLB ball is the greatest thing ever. And you get here and realize, what are they doing? And there's a long yeah. quote. I'm not going to read the whole yeah. thing. But essentially, it is. And it, to support him, his own teammate, Tapera, I think he threw five baseballs away that the umpire tried giving him the night before. So. Right. And then I, I, I'm i not sure 100% how legitimate this is. But I did see a tweet where someone said they caught two foul balls in a game or something like that. And they were showing these two balls that look completely different. The seams. The yeah. seams were like one had a really raised seam like probably much better to get a nice grip i'm sure pitchers probably like that and get more backspin and all that mm -hmm. stuff other one the seams were much more flat uh onto the ball um probably that's a kind of ball that might slip out of your hand a little bit easier but travis uh i did actually see a post i think today or yesterday by mlb reporter someone 
and I think starting Wednesday, they said, they're going to start doing something to every ball before the game. And maybe they used to do to some balls, not all, but they said they're going to start muddying all the balls the same. Whatever that means or that process entails, at least they're aware of the issue. Mm-hmm. But it seems like this issue is something that it shouldn't be an issue in the first place. Like, what are we doing here? Like having different halfway balls through the different season. games. Yeah, halfway through the season. Same thing with Spire Attack last year. Halfway through the season. I, I Again, I, I can only imagine the frustration for some of these players that you quickly just have to adjust to, you know, a new, just kind of a new norm. In, in, in your craft or in your in what you do at your position. So I, I can only imagine how much, you know, frustration is going on between the pitchers, between the hitters and, you know, even both parties in, in that in that aspect. So uh, just something that I, I feel like it's it's crazy that Major League Baseball is having this problem where we are changing like we're changing the ball, you know, NFL basketball. There's not really changes going on in that. So if they change the NBA basketball, it'll be in the offseason. It exactly. will not be. <laughs> it's not. It's not game 60 and you got a playoff run, you know, coming up in the next month or two. So, yeah. Definitely kind of a wild developing story. Hoping that whatever changes they make on Wednesday are here to stay and that they last and they're positive changes. Uh, I hope that whatever that they're doing with the muddying the balls, whatever that means, I hope that that means that it's going to help rather than hurt. I'd hate it for it to be like a dead ball scenario or something silly. But I do think that, you know, the fact that the MLB is aware of it and they're responding to all the concerns is a better thing. It's better yes than no. Better better that they're hearing it than ignoring it. So Alex, Spider Tech and 2019 Baseballs, and I'm happy. You know, just just make both parties happy. I really do think that that was such a fun season to see the home runs going crazy. Yes, yes, I've seen funny clips of guys hitting like, you know, balls at their toes they lunged at and they go out. You know, it is kind of silly to see it sometimes, but hey, I mean, I think it was more exciting and more fun uh, to see that versus, Travis, how many Angel games have we seen this year? Two zero games, yeah. <laughs> one zero games. And there's a beauty in that too. Maybe pitchers prefer it that way, but I think it's better for the fan as well as uh, better for the quality of the game when I guess we see like more action on both sides. You know, pitchers get an edge, hitters exactly. get an edge. I mean, we saw historic Garrett Cole season and we saw a historic hitting season by the league. So a, I mean, a fun it, home run race between like Bellinger trout and Alonzo yes, there like yes. late in the season. So yep. it, I mean, you know, I think all the fans loved it. So either way, Travis, we'll see how they kind of tackle this issue going forwards. Um, let, let us now talk about the power rankings real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not making our own today, but we will at least talk about some of these teams at the top. And I guess uh, I'll ask you, for what stands out, I guess. But uh, this is the updated rankings as of, I think, today. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was yesterday. It was yesterday, yep. But the new rankings were this, Travis. Yankees at one. Mets at two. So New York's still running baseball here. Mm-hmm. Padres up at three. I believe that's their highest mark of the season. Really rising yes. in a big way. Dodgers at four, who have had a few rough series. Not showing much dominance, but have had a good handful of injuries almost a similar story to last year. I'm sure their record would be absolutely fine, but their spot winning the NL West could be in question if the Padres mm-hmm. stay is hot. The Astros, Travis, are at fifth place. The Braves are at sixth place, who have gotten really hot recently. Seventh place is Toronto Blue Jays. Eighth is the Cardinals. Ninth is the Giants. And tenth is the Twins. Anything stand out to you in particular? No Brewers. <laughs> I was about to say, the Brewers are on a huge losing streak. Yeah. That was Travis. It's almost perfect for Brewers PR 
that their streak happened when it did because mm-hmm. they were hidden from by the Angels streak. Yeah. The Angels lost like 14 in a row and the Brewers lost like 9 or 10 in a row. It's like, yeah. d- but no one cared about the Brewers streak because the Angels was like much sadder, of course. But <laughs> Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, it is crazy that the Brewers have fallen so far as off this list. They were probably five or six for us just a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, uh, looking at this list, not too many big complaints. I think the Padres up at three. It is it's impressive how quickly they've turned things around. They have, yeah. Um, how I'll ask you this: What do you think of the NL West uh, going forwards? I mean, the Dodgers feel like the most complete team for sure, but they just have these nagging injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kershaw mm-hmm. missing time, you know. I did see Gonsolin give up a first inning home run. Not sure what the Dodgers scores on that game right now, but I don't think his 1.5 ERA is going to hold up that much longer. Mm-hmm. A lot of his underlying stats kind of show that he's a good pitcher, but yep. not much better than previous seasons. So probably we'll go back to what he was prior. Yeah. Um, I can see him and Tyler Anderson, of course, finishing in the twos for, you know, an ERA, which is very realistic. They're having unreal first halves. Yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah, twos or threes, uh, We'll see Anderson, you know, is almost like a utility pitcher in my mind. Like he's going to be a starter, but mm-hmm. when more guys come back, maybe he goes back to the pen. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but Padres Dodgers as a race, kind of where do you see that, I guess, right now? And it almost feels like the Dodgers are trending downward. Padres, of course, are trending upward, and the Padres don't even have their best player, which is the biggest surprise, in my opinion. Um, no Tatis, and they're doing this good. Uh, Machado, of course, going out a couple of days ago, so we'll see how that affects it. But I mean, Dodgers losing Mookie for looks like the rest of the first half. I just don't know if he's going to be, you know, if he even is going to be available for the All-Star game or even if the Dodgers want him playing in the All-Star game, I would think they'd want him saving it for the second half. Bellinger, it was fun for the first couple of weeks, Alex. It just seems like he can't hit a baseball. Um, <laughs> these pitchers, I see them throw three straight fastballs and Bellinger's swinging at all of them. So it's just it's, it's an interesting kind of take on how he's been doing at the plate. Muncie just been disappointing so far this year. Um, Freeman, you know, he's been he's been pretty on par from what we knew what we were going to expect. And then, of course, Trey Turner, uh, pretty on par from what we expected as well. Justin Turner kind of taking a step back. He's getting older. Um, Dodgers, I just feel like they they're still, of course, in my opinion, a team that is going to be the favorite to win that division. Um, No, no problem there. But they they definitely need to figure things out right now if they want to. uh, not get left you know too far behind last year it just felt like they were trailing the giants the whole entire season right on their tail right up to the last game of the season wasn't enough to win the division right now the Padres could be that team this year that is basically taking control of that division with basically everything they've been given they'd be getting great starts out of darvish out of snell out of musgrove he's been their ace so far so i mean it just feels like the Padres could be last year's giants in a way that they're just going to kind of take control maybe just kind of slightly edge out the dodgers throughout the season um if i had to bet still right now alex i'd probably still put money on the dodgers to win the division i just feel like they are i think me too that figures it out and they have they have so many guys down in the minors that i feel like can come up and perform at a very high level and you know what run just you know basically have a, a a mini breakout season for all these kind of guys. So, and honestly, they're going to figure things out on the trade block too. They're probably going to maybe give up some pieces for additional pieces. So we'll see there what, uh, what Friedman does at that, uh, at that point of the season. But I mean, just a really good ran organization that I think they're going to figure things out and they'll be okay. But uh, d- definitely still a playoff team. But of course, their main focus is division. Their main focus, of course, is getting a top two seat so they don't have to play in some sort of wild card game. Um, you know, where they can possibly lose two or three to, you know, a team like Atlanta, Philly, St. Louis, Milwaukee, something like that. So, uh, but I, I think they'll figure things out, but it's, 
definitely kind of, I guess, a, a, a tough area, a tough part of the season the Dodgers are experiencing right now. Yeah, there just doesn't feel like they have the dominance that they might have had a couple years back. But still, by all means, I think I think I have to double check. Throughout most of the season, they've been the favorite to win the World Series by oh, yeah. like by yeah. FanGraphs, by Baseball Reference, by probably Vegas too. But Yankees, of course, coming on strong. Something I realized, Travis, like the Yankees' odds in Vegas are always going to be like favorable for them mm-hmm. because like they're trying to prevent. Like if the Yankees do win, like so many people are going to vote like for the, or they're going to place bets on the Yankees, you know, yeah. to win. So they can't afford to like give them a steal of odds because they're going to lose so much money. So um, I think just looking at projections is better than looking at Vegas odds. And I think projections mostly have the Dodgers, but Travis quick uh, last note on the Yankees mm-hmm. currently Dominant. first place <laughs> have been in first place for a good while. First team to 50 wins clay Holmes just a few days ago. Um, it looks like it was like on Friday, I think, uh, 29 straight scoreless appearances for him. That is the longest streak in Yankees history. Wow. And Yankees had a reliever, Travis, by the name of Mariano Rivera, <laughs> who was pretty special yeah. and pretty much sets all closer records in terms of dominance, in terms of career numbers. Uh, one of the best peaks, one of the best, or the best longevity ever. Uh, but Clay Holmes is doing something that even Mariano did not do, which is 29 consecutive appearances no runs allowed finally just yesterday allowed an earned run to the rays uh, it was like a double by paredes to start things off when there's already traffic on base and then i think like a couple like either like i think maybe one single and like an infield grounder to the pitcher fielder's choice kind of thing got the run in so like earned run allowed finally he can probably stop thinking about that but uh truly the most dominant uh setup man slash now really the closer with Chapman's being hurt and Chapman also just being worse than him. So yeah. uh, Yankee Travis has this whole kind of other juggernaut story. I don't know if anyone will knock them off uh, before season's end. Mm-hmm. Did, w- what do you think? If like, if I had said more, what's more likely yes or no that the Yankees finish the number one power ranked team uh, come October. Yeah. I mean, I think that they have the best odds to do that. And I think that they will do that. Um, it just seems like the ball's rolling in their favor throughout the whole entire season. Guys like Torres have been coming up big. Um, Rizzo. I mean, I think Yankee fans were so upset for getting Rizzo and not getting Freeman or getting uh, Olsen that they just feel like we settled. They settled for Rizzo and he'll get them, you know, OK to decent production. But he's been one of the best, you know, first baseman producers uh, so far this year. So. Uh, I mean, everything has been going right the Yankees way. Um, the one thing that's fun or one thing that's interesting about baseball is, you know, you see so many teams just get out to these leads and just cruise into October. And then comes the first round of the playoffs and some team that's been playing pretty well for the last couple of weeks of September, you know, goes into New York and, you know, can take two or three can take three of five or, you know, even take four games of a seven game series. So that's the one thing that's pretty crazy about baseball is, you know, you could be doing so well throughout the season, like the Yankees have been doing, but it, uh, it will come down to, you know, playing the same way in October, but going back to what they've been doing so far, this first half, it is, uh, it's, it feels like that old Yankees dynasty has like kind of almost returned so far going back to those early nineties years where it was just Yankees going to the world series every single year. They're the best team in baseball every single year. Um, it feels like that's kind of been returning so far. Yeah, I think they've been dominant in a division that is super stacked regardless. But Travis, last note uh, before we wrap up here, one team that has really skid quite a bit recently is the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. And they've lost a good handful of games. They have been playing the Yankees quite a bit. So that's definitely a factor here. But they lost, it looks like, 
one, two, three, four, Demi five, six Demi of the last the seven. Yeah. Sorry, I meant the Rays. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, the Rays okay. have lost six of the last seven, and then they uh, won a game by like six, and then they lost two prior to that. So they've definitely been on a bit of a losing skid the last week and a half, probably. And their record is now down at 36 and 31. Not sure what's going on for them today. But uh, on the season, been plagued by injuries. Uh, Mike Zanino, Tendayel, Brandon Lau, Travis, I've been fantasy. He has been out for it. It says Tendayel. It's probably been at this point like mm-hmm. a month at yeah. least where he's been out. Maybe maybe, maybe longer <laughs> I, than that. I, I love those Tendayels when you just see and then they're it gone just, for 30 days and you're, yeah. I mean, it's just sad because, I mean, <laughs> obviously you can't put him on a 60-day yeah, IL unless you know course. he's going to be out for 60 games. But... Uh, it is it is brutal to see the 10-day IL just last so long for yeah. him. Shane Wa- Baz. Wander yeah. Franco also IL. You're right. Baz missed the start of the season. And in their bullpen, Kittredge, 60-day IL. Uh, Drew Rasmussen, 15-day IL. Uh, Fire Rising, 15-day IL. Yeah. Luis Patino, 60-day. Yeah. Like yeah. They are really kind of plagued right here by all these injuries. Even JT Chargua. Like, the list goes on of these guys that are hurt. Um, McClanahan has been an absolute superstar. But a lot of the rest of the team has had to have other guys pick up the slack because of so many injuries. Um, they are a team who are still projected to make the playoffs. Base reference has them at a 67% chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But they are now fourth in the AL East. And it is possible for four teams to make it in the AL East into the playoffs. But they are a team who I want to kind of highlight as a team that is definitely skidding in a big way. Um, and part of that's just because of injuries and bad luck and stuff. But definitely not the season they were probably hoping uh, so far they really yeah. are going to want to try to get you know some of those guys back healthy and not even to mention glass now being out of course yeah. but that's a yeah. different story completely and not sure if he'll be back at all this season but it would be it would be big for them if he if he kind of came through the door and uh you know change change kind of the, the way the season's going for them and they would be definitely a pesky six seed team that you know oh yeah yankees would have to see if they were to face them in you know the first uh, or the uh second I say the, the second round or the division series but um it's been definitely a fall-off for them um it's crazy because i think we always thought that the rays there's really going to be no fall off for them because they're just they'll find a way they're like the, they're like the dodgers they'll find a way to get the get the dub and to get in the playoffs um of course injuries are going to stop a lot of those teams from you know making those uh making those strides forward to the playoffs but yeah just just kind of crazy i mean a month ago we were looking at the red Sox as the four seed and could they be you know a team that you know makes a push to the playoffs and now we're looking at a team like the red Sox that could be kind of in I'm not saying an easy push to the playoffs but the way they're playing right now it seems that they're going to make the playoffs uh so far that the way they've been playing the Rays though uh could be that team that could be that odd man out where uh you know down the stretch you know as you know maybe an Angels fan or White Sox or Guardians fan you know you're praying you're hoping that you know the Rays kind of start to skid and maybe lose more games than win games so that more teams can get the opportunity to get that six seed so uh, it's crazy. The AL East is such a determining factor in so many other teams, you know, postseason plans. So, uh, four really good teams in the AL East and could all four make it? Yes. But I mean, it, it would really have to take a, just a wild, I think, finish or just a wild season for all four of those teams to be, you know, that strong in making, uh, you know, a postseason push. Yeah, and and it's just something that's going to keep changing over time for sure. In terms of, uh, in terms of the Rays and the Jays and Boston, it really feels like that two through four is up for grabs. Um, can kind of fall any different way. But Travis, that's all I have for this week. Um, thank God, because uh, laptop died. So 
Oh, perfect timing then. <laughs> also, Angel Game just kind of tipped off a few minutes ago, so we got to go check out how our guys are doing. Read are going to rebound, yeah. Read Demers on the bump. Uh, please, please, God, we hope we, hope we can beat the Royals. Um, <laughs> if we lose this series after winning four or five over the weekend, that's going to be pretty tough. But yeah. either way, if you made it this far, we appreciate you so much for waiting through this whole episode. Uh, still got the YouTube rolling. Check out the YouTube channel, uh, Two Tools Baseball, Instagram, Twitter, Two Tools Baseball. Please continue uh, your support. And thanks so much for listening. I will talk to you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>